Welcome to a new episode of Live Evil Pod. My name is Prime. Today I have an awesome guest. We are fresh off fresh off Super Week. LCS just concluded yesterday. We this is recording on February 18th, Saturday. With me, first time guest on the pod. And for sure you'll know, Jeremy. Uh, you know, you are always welcome to come back as a returning guest. The door is always open. But let me introduce you to our Listeners, this is Ohai Vega. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. It's Saturday afternoon. It's not cold in New York City. I'm happy. And Super Week just wrapped up. It's the best time of year, mid-split LCS. Oh, nice. Great, great, great. I, I hope you can send some of the cold down here in sunny South Florida. We are. It is hot and humid down here. <laughs> it's awesome to know, man. So... Being that's your first time with us, of course, I want the listeners to know who you are, you know, you're a little bit from your background, then we'll kind of dive into this crazy, uh, you know, three day, um, I keep wanting to call it weekend, but three day week of um, LCS games. So Vega, how did you get into LL Esports? Give us a little bit of background. You have a fan, do you play, you know, let us all know. I... Actually, funny enough, I'll go before League to kind of give some context. Um, I used to be a semi-professional StarCraft II player um, way back when. And funny enough, uh, I was a huge EG fan at the time because In Control and Idra were like my favorite players ever. And I liked Idra because he was like, you know, he was a toxic, like arrogant player. (laughs) And a friend of mine was like, you would love this guy, Doublelift, who plays this game called League of Legends. (laughs) And I was like... I'm not really, you know, I don't really like like MOBA stuff, and I'll try it. And I was just immediately hooked, and you know, Double F was on CLG, so I latched on <laughs> CLG. Um, but I started playing in 2011, and you know, did playing for years and years and years. Um, casted a couple of amateur things. Um, actually worked um, as an assistant coach for a little while. Oh, sweet! In Challenger, yeah, which was a lot of fun. Um, and then got into podcasting because I think that's the natural progression of I love talking about esports and League <laughs> of Legends. So, you know, I want to keep talking about it. So, yeah, that's that's kind of how I got into it. You are going to bring a wealth of knowledge, a little bit of like, you know, behind the curtains, how it all works for maybe your sense of like, you know, coaching, players, all of that. Nah, I'm, I'm ready to dig into your mind a little bit. <laughs> ah, that's awesome. Um, and so... As you kind of transition from StarCraft, do you still play? Um, I okay. A couple months ago, I was like, "I'm gonna download it. I'm gonna play again." And you know, when you're really good at something, and then you go back to it like way later, and you're like, "Oh no, now I'm bad." You're like, "I can't do this anymore. It's embarrassing." 
So I, I do watch it. I do mm-hmm. still watch some competitive, but mm-hmm. yeah. All right. From my knowledge, I only play like the campaign and I suck at multiplayer. And so I, I, I have no aspirations to become a pro, but Protoss, Terran, <laughs> Zerg. Definitely Zerg main. Oh, sweet. Definitely Zerg main. Yes. Definitely Zerg main. Um, yes. I, uh, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an older man now. I'm in my, th- you know, I'm 30. I can't spend 10 <laughs> hours a day grinding StarCraft <laughs> like I used to in college. So I can't be as good. Oh, man. It's it's good to have nostalgia over that, but uh, definitely, man, I can't find anybody who like roots or play or Zerg mains. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to have you on here. Yeah, Zerg's the best race. It is. I know, man. Who does not want to swarm and and you know have like a hundred thousands of like you know little Zerglings and Hydralisk crashing in? Exactly. It's like why you want to play Terran and just play humans or Protoss or just like yellow. I don't know. It's just not cool. I don't want to be like that kind of alien. Let's you know. know let's right? branch out. It's video games, guys. It's fantasy. They're 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 so cowardly with their shields and heels and stim packs. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> let's pivot over a little bit to League of Legends. You mentioned briefly you started a podcast with your buddy Magi. Is that that, that pronounced mm-hmm. correct? Magi. It's called that is everything. It right. is right. Everything else, yes. Tell us a little bit the background of how it started. What do you guys cover? When are episodes dropped? I would put all of that in our show link, of course. Yeah, um, it's actually pretty crazy how it started. So before the 2020 spring season, which is, I believe that's the COVID season. Yes. Um, I was just, you know, I was at home. I work in IT. So, you know, I went work from home and I was like, I have now all this time. You know, there's, you couldn't go anywhere. I was like, I really want to talk about LCS. <clears throat> and at the time, I was listening to a ton of sports podcasts. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I think this was the boom of like esports podcasts. Yes. But I was like, I want to do one. So I went on the League of Legends, no, the LOL esports subreddit and just made a post and was like, hey, I want to do a podcast. Does anybody want to be on a podcast with me and just talk about LCS and Magi was the I got like 60 responses oh nice and the crazy thing is like Magi was the first one to respond and I was like okay do you want we we didn't even talk to each other I was like do you want to make an episode (laughs) and he was like yeah and we just got on and made our first episode together and it's really awkward and really like talking (laughs) over each other but uh yeah that was three years ago we're Mm. three years into it now that's how we got our start um we post weekly. We're still working out our schedule with the new LCS schedule, but we're trying to post now on Saturdays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because we were used to doing Mondays, and that was great for us. But now <laughs> that gives us less of a ramp-up time for people to listen, so we're playing with new stuff. But yeah, we do weekly episodes, usually on the weekends. Oh, awesome. And and those are released after you record? Do you do live? How does that go? What's the plan? We do... We do a live viewing on Twitch on my channel, and then it's released the next day on most podcast networks, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that. You will all find that in the link. This will give me a good like weekend or Monday kind of a listen as I always already am started. So I hope you guys (laughs) will join me as well to listen to everything else. Yes. So yeah, I remember it being the first time on a podcast with a (laughs) co-host. It it was uh, getting to know each other and getting a flow, but you guys seem to have gotten a very good solid um uh you know uh, d- banter and dynamic there yeah it took a while we uh in the beginning we were really structured 
you know, I would come in with like all these notes and statistics and I would be like, we're going to talk about this, 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 and this. And then our second season, we were like, what if we just kind of relaxed? And, you know, we had like, you know, note stuff that we wanted to hit through the episode, but we allowed ourselves to go off on tangents. And I think since we've done that, it's been a lot better to, you know, Magi gets to show his personality. I get to show mine. That's awesome. Um, and now, you know, three years into it, yeah, we're so used to each other. We almost know what each other's takes are going to be. Podcast longevity uh, and you, as you all continue to go, are excited. This is a great space for us to just talk about different teams, what's going on in the region itself. We, we you know, if all the regions we chose, we, you know, we, we chose one that was like a, you know, a meme for many people in the international state. But we still love it. We still love it. We do this. Come we on. always joke that uh, all LCS podcasters are united in pain. <laughs> Every oh, year it's around true. November, we're all like, band together. <laughs> we're all going to have to go on our podcast to talk about how they lost at Worlds, but it's okay. It, it is so true. Um, I can vouch for that. When my uh, friends over at 100 Talk and, and, and uh, Flight True Check... But we're growing. This is a growing space. <laughs> Glad to have mm-hmm. you all here. So today, having you here, we're going to break down probably an exciting week. At least for me, it was exciting. I I, I was hoping so closely to be like, oh, I'm going to have a buddy that uh, on the show that's uh, <laughs> to go 3-0. and oh, So close, man. I was rooting so, so hard for you all. That's the problem. And sealed, when people believe in CLG... <laughs> The second we got to two and zero, I was like, Mm-mm, "It's not going to happen." Because now everybody thinks we're going to go three and zero. Once you think we're going to go three and zero, we're not going to. <laughs> oh, so th- this is across all CLG fans. I've, every CLG fan I've come across, they kind of know. They they've have this like expectation already of what to expect, mm-hmm. and that's counter logic, as the name says. Exactly. You have to believe we're going to lose if you want us to win. <laughs> That's just how it works. It's counter logic. That's the only way to... we still support, but there's a lot of weird rituals. Like, you know, I, I definitely get sucked into if I wore a jersey and we won this day, I need to change the jersey for the next day because it's counter logic. You would think you keep the same ritual, but not with CLG. Man, that, that's a first for me, man. Just hearing, like, okay, there are certain uh, superstitious, okay, maybe not called superstitious, but these, like, I have to wear the same jersey, sit in the same seat, but you guys, you guys just have to be creative. <laughs> You're eventually you can't be in the same place, of... yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's still exciting to see CLG doing well. Part of that, I, I think, for me, it's because they represent NA talent, too, in an aspect, and they kept the team together for back-to-back years, which... Mm-hmm. Is something that I've always pushed for. I would like to see teams build cohesion. For EG, unfortunately, that was not the case. But overall, the the core is still there. Um, so momentum, mm-hmm. you saw that work panned out well for Hundred Thieves last three years. Yeah, three years. Uh, yeah. But this is a, this is year two going for you all. This is kind of a year two with us for a certain players. Uh, but overall, I just. Uh, you know, big talk. You know, I love where some of the directions for these teams from, from LCS. They're not one and done. They're not just going for the short term. We have to win this split and then disband, which was more so the case uh, since franchising, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah, I, I think that direction is good. I think seeing, especially EG, is kind of being a model for other teams of the 
bringing up academy players, but surrounding them with veteran talent and then giving them extended time to develop is so good because when you when you're doing well with it like EG is it spurs other teams to now want to try that method which is great because you know fans want to latch on to players they want to you know I'm a huge Luger fan and I want Luger to stay on CLG you know and Doka oh yeah um and you know same for you guys with like Jojo and you know if you guys had had a one year and been like okay well we're gonna buy a you know, import a mid laner, it would feel bad. It's hard to stay in fandom if you don't keep players like that. I, I think both EG and CLG do a really good job of that right now. Absolutely. I think, uh, and it's also given that homegrown talents, they get a chance, get a longer leash. Those are some good things. I, I don't mm-hmm. uh, dislike the idea of import, but the over-reliance of import was something that kind of made me wondered about LCS for a long time. But, um, you know, momentum's right, right, building. Right. We love we love this direction. Now, with that said, of course, at the top of the table is a team that's importing two, <laughs> two Koreans. Yes. <laughs> yeah, um, which I don't know if you know this, but I am a huge Vikla fanboy. Mm. I love Vikla. Um, which I mean, FlyQuest being good, I'm happy for him. I'm so happy FlyQuest is good. Just because uh, FlyQuest had those couples, like every year they've been an underdog, even the two splits they made back to back finals, they were underdogs. Mm -hmm. And it's so cool to see, like, hey, FlyQuest is actually like really good, and other teams are punching up against FlyQuest. I just think that's awesome to see an org come from that to be up there. Oh, yeah. Uh, they've They've been a team that's kind of like right there or just at the verge, but Mm -hmm. this year they really made a push and it's. It's uh, showing up much earlier than I expected. I thought there was going to be some growing pain, some coming together. You know, they still don't have their primary support. Mm-hmm. So it's good to see. And our friends at the Flight Check crew are definitely not shy about um, you know, <laughs> letting us know when they won. Uh, yes. <laughs> let's dive in then to talk about... Our- our teams coming into Super Week, uh, Counter Logic. You were, you guys were, kind of oh, surprised everyone week one, and then everyone was like, "Uh, maybe we got too excited too early." But then mm-hmm. Super Week came along, and you know, back right back in the race. Um, you know, tell us from your view how how it was for you coming into you know this this uh, week of matchups. Um, I was concerned. Um. We were two and four coming into the week. Um, our games this week were extremely difficult looking. Um, I mean, we played, we had TL, Hundred Thieves, and FlyQuest, which on paper coming into the week, I thought Hundred Thieves and FlyQuest were really good, mm-hmm. and CLG had not been performing. But I was used to this feeling of everyone jumped on the CLG train week one, and I was like, no, you can't jump on the CLG train. <laughs> Because then we're going to lose, and we did. And then everybody jumped off the train before Super Week. I was like, okay, well, now we'll surprise people. But I thought it would be something weirder. I thought we would do something like lose to TL, lose to 100 Thieves, give FlyQuest their first loss. Um, TSM, of course, gets to do that. But um, we show- what concerned me coming into the week was we were one of the few teams that kept their entire roster together. And we hadn't really looked cohesive mm-hmm. coming into this week, which was surprising to me because... You would think it would be more like, oh, okay, well, some teams have like better mechanical players, and so they'll they'll lose advantages early in the game. But CLG will be better at team fighting and scrapping back into games. And we had looked at the opposite. 
mm-hmm. where we were getting early advantages and then not being able to do things. Um, but the Super Week was great. Uh, they looked pretty good. They looked competitive against FlyQuest. I mean, they crushed 100 Thieves. Uh, oh, yes. I mean, that was... I was like, oh my gosh, what is happening? Um, and I, I think it really showed CLG style. Last year, they were really scrappy with weird picks, very aggressive solo lane picks, things like that. And it felt like when they came into the season at the beginning, they were very in a box of, we want to play what's meta, we want to play what everybody else is playing. And after you know two weeks of losing, they're like, no, that's, that's really not our style. Let's go back to playing these scrappy picks. You know, let's pick the Callista for Luger. Let's, you know, get Yone. Let's play, you know, these counter picks and side lanes. And it looked great. And I hope CLG continues to do that. Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, well said in, in all those aspects, I think, particularly for CLG, when they lost, it, it kind of gave me a bit of a vibe of last year's spring. I don't know if you got that too, mm-hmm. where, you know, contracts is just constantly dying yeah you're like what is it what is happening <laughs> and contracts is a dear close player to my co-host uh andrea because he was formerly of uh, eg academy mm-hmm. I and uh, you know we kind of expect growing pain uh kind of saw a little bit of that surprisingly to see when i pulled up the stats uh dokla is the <laughs> most death on the team right now at 30 <laughs> yeah um he has died a fair amount it's it's hard it's easy to miss during the game mm-hmm. good example is the FlyQuest game yesterday um it looks like oh he's winning his gp in the side lane and at the end of the game you're like oh he's one in four like what happened <laughs> you're like when did when did this happen <laughs> yeah but yeah Dokla's uh i feel like a lot this season teams just dive top lane a lot mm. <laughs> so every top lane i look at i'm like oh licorice has a lot of deaths yeah it's it's Trendy to dive top. Three-man dives. Constantly seeing those more and more. Um, yeah. Well, maybe they're figuring something out. But with that said, even though, you know, you guys didn't beat FlyQuest. I mean, we didn't beat FlyQuest. Uh, yeah, I don't feel as bad. You know, most teams didn't. <laughs> it's a really good showing. Gives a bit more optimism. You think people are jumping back on a fan bandwagon that you want to kick off? Still, I hope they to- aren't. <laughs> I hope they look at the standings and see we're four and five, and they're like, "Yeah, okay, CLG's okay," you know. Um, but I think uh, we're probably right around now where people thought we would be, mm. which is we're kind of a buffer between like some of the higher tier teams, and we're we were better than the lower tier teams. The only concerning thing is like you would expect us to beat. I, I think on paper preseason people would have expected us to beat like Immortals and TSM. Yes, um, obviously TSM's a surprise team, but. Mm-hmm. Um, matches like that hurt us because, you know, you'd be looking at five and four being in the playoff hunt a little bit closer now, but you know, they're there four and five going into the second round, Robin, you're control your own destiny. You know, you, you are in a decent position to strike and get into playoffs. The good thing about this team I, in overall is that as they get more cohesion, um, and, and one of the things that I did hear from other pods is that they haven't lost confidence. There was zero talks of like, oh, we need to make changes or substitutes mm-hmm. of any sorts. And it gives them this um, a, a teamwork. This, this confidence will help them even punch up on their weight level. I mean, taking down 100 Thieves was definitely something that would, it's not out of the realm of possibility, right? When we, the first game started, when the game started, but it, the way that you guys did it, it was amazing to see. Mm-hmm. It was it was completely shutting out Hundred Thieves from anything. They only gave them two kills, one tower, 
two dragons, but double if was shut down, Bjergsen was shut down. Uh, just gives you hope that there, there is that potential. Now, it creates a great story in that fight for, you know, the middle pack and potentially, mm-hmm. you know, even punching into the top four or five. I mean, sorry, four or top three. But it is TSM, Golden Guardians, CLG, and 100 Thieves in the same, you know, range right now. And you have, you're ahead of Liquid. Nobody thought of that. I, yeah, I, it, that is wild to see. Uh when we have some time, I like to kind of like touch on what's happening with Team Liquid. They were the team that were in many people's power ranking, you know, uh, you know, a bottom at, at fifth place and maybe a, a, a ceiling of first or second place. But something's just something just not right. Yeah, something's up with them. So for us, though, we came into the week. I thought there was fairly a 50-50 when we first uh, matched up with 100 Thieves. That game was pretty close. We we mm-hmm. still have issues, and I don't know if you picked this up. Evil Geniuses, for some reason, at the 25th minute mark, just things just go out of control. I have noticed that. That has that is on my radar. <laughs> I uh, especially that game. Mm. I was like, oh, this is you know, I could go make some food, and then you know, <laughs> I have a wireless headset, so I'm in the kitchen making a sandwich, and they're like, oh well, hundred thieves gets a dragon, hundred thieves gets a pick, and I'm like, what's happening? This is like a 10k gold lead. <laughs> what's going on here? You know, the, this actually first set me off to notice that 100 Thieves, I mean, Evil Geniuses, whew, Evil Geniuses is is the ha- developing an issue is in their first loss against you guys. Because mm-hmm. we have the early game. I just don't know why the mid game always seem to falter. Um, you know, and from, mm-hmm. I'll say this, and from a little bit of coaching stuff. I think your problem's a good problem to have if you were going to have problems because it's it's really hard to teach teams to win early. Mm. And like teaching the early movement and actually the the talent to win your lane is something that you know some teams just don't have. Like if you're playing from an advantage at least you you know if you're mm. coaching you can kind of coach like okay when you have an advantage these are the steps to win the game. Whereas if it's you're on the other side it's like how do we get an advantage to then get to macro to win the game. Where and you're still winning some of the games, which is good. If you were losing them, you know you might be panicking a little bit. But um, I will say you have a lot of voices on that team that are very good players. So I imagine probably a lot of it is people have their own idea about how the game should play out. I and see. Yeah, yeah. So you know, like sometimes very good player, FBI is very good player. Whereas you know, last year at AD Carry, you could have had somebody who's just like, well, go where Vulcan tells you. Mm. you know, Jojo's coming into his own as a player. I'm sure he has his own ideas about what he wants to do. Um, and obviously inspired the goat jungler. So uh-huh. he obviously probably has his own ideas about how the game should be played. So It's true. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that in a bit about Jojo in particular, but uh, you got, <laughs> it's good to hear. And I think that's how, um, the game plan for most teams um, have been uh, just to try to get the early advantage so mm-hmm. you don't have to play from behind or try to figure things out on the fly. We have a early game rating of 78, which is like the best right now in the LCS, but mm-hmm. our mid to late game rating is like negative 0.3. It's an improvement since last time <laughs> I was looking at that, but we're still in the negatives. It's a huge discrepancy uh, other than ourselves i think 100 thieves is the other team oh no team liquid has one that's a positive early game and a completely terrible uh, 
late game waiting. Um, yeah. So you could be in their boat where you're not winning the games where you get the <laughs> advantage. Uh, it's it's remarkable. I know, and I'm still seeing it. Even the in the first game against Hundred Thieves, um, it took us like a Nexus for Baron exchange, masterful trade, um, to win that game. <laughs> and then in the game against Team Liquid, again we were ahead, and we gave room for Liquid to make a comeback. It was. Mm-hmm. It was almost there. It took a a couple of last like like a end game. This game was a forty plus minute game, if I remember correctly. It's so long, but hey, yeah, it was uh, stressful. We take we will take whatever we can get and, and take that win. But <laughs> it doesn't lend well for any confidence until Friday, when we were able to beat Immortals in a more cleaner fashion. But yeah, whew, I'm sweating just. About watching these games yeah uh i will say the liquid game was the most stressful game i watched all weekend <laughs> um just back and forth both teams where i was like oh but it did feel like at some point when i you know with the two teams compared i was like liquid's definitely more of the thrower mm. than eg i was like eg also throws leads but can they throw a lead to a team who's going to throw it right back <laughs> so I had a little bit of confidence in you that if one of the two of you was going to do it, it would definitely be EG who caught it and kept it. It, it. I will say it's a difference now. This EG team, after since last year, I've had more confidence that they can make a comeback, lose the comeback, and still have the chance to make a comeback versus the old EG, mm-hmm. which is like... Uh, they level one tower dive i don't understand that but that that's yeah uh (laughs) (laughs) that is you see even my dog agrees we we are we have ptsd with uh love him love the guy to death but wow (laughs) yeah he's something in essence though after this game when they interviewed fbi this is where we kind of find out where why the mid game falls it's like, Jojo, don't go there. Jojo, be careful. I was like, okay, I get it now. It makes <laughs> sense, yeah. Um, when, did you watch the games with that in your mind now? It does make sense. Yes. When you watch certain plays, you're like, why is Jojo here? Uh, well, he's very far up mid when no one else is around. He loves pushing the lanes and doing it with no vision, no backup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> loves it. Um, someone once told me Jojo plays as if his jungler you don't know if this jungler's there because he plays as if his jungler is always there <laughs> and at some point people are like oh nobody's there we're just gonna he's not here <laughs> uh, I have to pull up what his like statistics look like but yeah um, overall I'm, I'm curious about you know from a non-EG perspective talking about EG what do you think you know is this something that we can rely on to keep going that we make semifinals with this kind of like play style i definitely think that and not to take a shot at the lcs but there's not a great number of teams who will heavily punish you especially a team of eg's caliber i think really cloud nine fly quest or you you're maybe a hundred these kind of your big and we'll see where golden guardians tsm mm-hmm. kind of go but i think right now it's definitely a semifinals team just off of pure talent. They're, they're so good at the early game and laning that they generate leads that I think weaker teams really will struggle to claw back into games with them. 
Um, the concern is like a team like FlyQuest or Cloud9, where if you make a mistake, mm-hmm. boom, Baron, boom, Ace, you know, they're yeah. going to do things. But I do think it's good to get this stuff. It's, you know, it's early spring. It's first round robin in spring. This is a team with two new players, two new voices. I, I wouldn't be overly concerned. You're seven and two, you know, even with these mistakes. And I think we have a good coaching staff. So I think that, the, you know, there's plenty of time to clean this up before playoffs. And, mm. you know, if EG can get through the second round Robin with a similar record, you know, you're going to be a high seed in playoffs. Um, and I, I'd take EG in any series. I think they're a great team. I mean, right now, personally, I think they're the second best team in the league, the FlyQuest, mm. just off of pure talent. And their ceiling's insane. You know, if, if they get together the macro, I mean, they're crushing teams. That requires like a combination of Jojo not being where he's not supposed to be and assuming yeah, assuming he <laughs> stops doing that. And look, it's not just Jojo. I've seen someday trying yeah. a lot of things that I never seen from Impact. <laughs> right. And I think that's probably, you know, especially for Jojo and assumedly but probably Vulcan inspired you know impact is such a calming presence and such a mm-hmm. vocal presence that even though someday as a player is easily the same caliber you know i think impact is mm-hmm. um it's just different you know someday is not as much of a, a i've heard them call it locker room leader as impact mm-hmm. is so you know it's yeah you know well who's replacing that voice and who is being the calming like hey this is our win condition this is what we need to do jojo remember this is how we win the game mm-hmm you know, and and part of it could be too, you know, a lot of players early on they want to, especially JoJo, who said he wants to be MVP. You know, and you can't win MVP without making flashy plays. So may have it a little bit of you know trying to force and do crazy outplays early in the season. Whereas you know, the closer you get to playoffs, the more teams kind of tighten up mm-hmm. and are more like, okay, now uh, I just care about winning. I've always admired that kind of mindset. It's like we gotta you you can limit test in a way, uh, mm-hmm. and and. You know, you have time to clean it up, fix it. And the mistakes that's being made are fairly correctable. Um, and that's good to see kind of like um, a, a confidence builder when things go right and just uh, move with that momentum. That can be said the same for CLG, in my opinion, because this is not mm-hmm. just one, uh, one player. The whole team as a unit are taking chances. I, I'm, I'm looking at your drafts. I'm looking at some of the decisions being made and it's it's a fairly few are like limit testing overall um and i'm I'm wondering if you are seeing the same thing something maybe something different i just also want to hear if you know anything from you know any of their uh content releases i didn't have a chance to catch up on everyone teams we at least at CLG, we we too are very uh, limit testing team. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes in weird ways, like playing Oriana, Seraphine, Karma, <laughs> where no one does damage in the comp. <laughs> but um, you know, it, I, I'm totally fine with that in early spring of being like, figure out what works for you. And I'm glad they're not just doing the cookie cutter handshake mm-hmm. of. We're going to play with everybody else. We're going to play what LCK is playing. Mm-hmm. We're going to play what everybody else is playing. Like, yeah, try stuff. Because if everybody's playing one thing, you can find counters to that and play it. And I like that. And limit testing, great. You know, as you get into the second round, Robin, I think is when teams should be like, okay, we know our identity. Now we're trying to refine that identity and clean it up. Mm-hmm. Um, that's usually how we approach it. First round, Robin is, hey, we're feeling out what works for us. What's the roles within our team? Second round, Robin. 
okay, now we know our, our identity. Let's tighten up and start, you know, prepping for playoffs or making a push to playoffs. Yeah. And uh, that bodes well for this young team. And the team is fairly young. I'm looking at y'all's picks and bans. It seems like Palafox just loves to play ev- different champs every single game. He has yet yeah. to pick a back-to-back champ. <laughs> wow. He uh, he does not like picking the same thing ever <laughs> in our drafts, which is great for you know variety for other teams. But also for us, I wonder how much stage experience we get on certain picks mm. because we don't play them very much. <laughs> um, um, but, you know, you take the good with the bad. Yeah. <laughs> Look, he he has the moniker Paula Faker for a reason. It's exactly. It's it's exciting to see. It's exciting to see. <laughs> well, uh, so Vega, any thoughts as we wrap up the Super Week and kind of do a little preview of next week? Um, just shout out the Golden Guardians. I was actually messaging an arrow on Twitter, mm. and r- the last DM we had was right before they started their win streak. And I said, hey, well, you know, I'm rooting for you guys. Really hope, you know, stuff comes together for you guys with Gory here. And I messaged him this morning. I'm like, I'm not trying to take credit. <laughs> but the last thing I sent you was right before you went on a five-game win streak. So <laughs> I'm just saying. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's great to see that. TSM's five and four, which I had them much lower, um, which looks great. Um, but, yeah, just shout out to Golden Guardians on the five-game win streak. Oh, it's awesome. Man, it's it's great, and you know. People started making fun of them after their whole, you know, season release of their that that was an amazing video. I love that video. So good. Uh, and now they are actually able to, you know, stand behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. It's a fun team. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. So rolling into the next week, we're going back to a two day week. I have mm-hmm. to stop myself from saying weekend. It's two day week. Uh, we get a Evil Geniuses get a supposedly cake match uh, against the un, uh, the winless Team Dignitas. I hope this is not where you know I just oh, jinx ourselves. Um, but I do feel for this team. I I thought coming in they would be in the place of where Golden Guardians is right now uh, because I I do like Centaur and I think Jensen's very talented, but this mm-hmm. something's just not coming together for this team so i will say that unless you know we do something super egregious i don't think we drop this game uh as as um as expect uh, you know on expectation but i also don't think this will be a high uh, bloody kind of like a outing because they test right. plays safer yeah very safe very slow um i definitely think you guys favored in that matchup um, I feel for Dig because that same thing when I did my power rankings for the beginning of the year I was kind of jockeying between CLG and Dig for like my 6th place team mm. and I was like okay they both should be pretty good you know kind of I don't know who's going to be better and seeing them at 0-9 just I love Santorin and Jensen it, it feels bad yeah and my fantasy team I pick up Armut as my top laner not, oh, that no. not going well Oh no! not going well I've been like hoping and praying at least do something in team fights y'all but that's that's it you play fantasy uh i did last year i did not this Ah. year i got i'm tired of magi (laughs) trash talking me no i realistically i forgot um Mm -hmm. we're so busy in the preseason on vacation that Mm -hmm. uh whenever i got back i was like oh well 
That's okay. Magi has one. I'll live vicariously through him. <laughs> That's awesome. Critique his picks. Well, y'all welcome for the summer league. Um, I think the LFL podcast might be hosting another one for that. Probably. Awesome. You guys are welcome for that one. All right. Let's talk about a more interesting one. You guys are locked in against TSM on Thursday. You know, this is, uh, whew, you know, the first time around I had you all winning. That didn't oh, happen. Me too. That would hurt. I mean, that was. It's been a while since TSM beat us up like that, hmm. and uh, it's El Clasico, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm glad this time it actually has a little bit of stakes. We're both middle of the road. If TSM beats us, they get the head-to-head tiebreaker for the rest of the year. Um, which you know is in tight standings right now. That matters a lot. If we win, we can get back to 500, um, which would be great. Um, Hopefully, this past week shows a little bit of strength, but I'm worried. I mean, TSM looks good. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just beat FlyQuest. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, they're the best team in LCS right now. <laughs> uh, uh, that's how transi- it works, right? Uh, pro- uh, what's it called? Pro- uh, property Transitional. Wait, I forgot. Transition, yeah. Uh, they they beat but, the best team, so they're now number one. So if we beat them, then we'll be the best team. So... Mm. That's my logic of music. But yeah, uh, it's a huge matchup. And especially going into the second round, Robin, being able to start off with a win and start off with kind of a 500 slate would be huge. Looking back into that game, I don't know how much you've uh, watched the VODs or maybe just uh, studied it. Do you know what went wrong in the first time around? We... Hang on, I actually take notes on every game, so give me a second here. Nice. We, our early game, I know we had a botched dive and then it just feels like what CLG gets behind, especially this season. This was kind of, okay, yeah. What I wrote was, this exemplifies the issue with CLG right now, which is that our patented teamwork doesn't seem to be there this season. And when we fall behind, we are unable to team fight out of it. TSM looks more coordinated and Boogie looks like an early rising star in jungle. That's what I wrote. Mm. Um... Yeah, um, we just, this is one of those games where I felt like we tried something early. We tried to be explosive. It get, got behind, and then our team did kind of the, let's give a dragon, let's give a dragon, uh, let's give a tower. Mm. Okay, we're down 6K and three dragons. What do we do? To me, that that feels like, a, you know, what do we do if we fall behind? Like a mid-game adjustment is still a, a growing point for this team. Yeah. Mm. Um, playing from behind is not a strength currently of CLG. And I, I think a lot of the lower LCS teams, I kind of categorize the LCS teams into four categories, which is teams who struggle in lane and in macro, mm-hmm. teams who struggle um, at macro but are good in lane, teams that struggle in lane but are great at macro, and teams that are good at both. And right now, CLG is a team that surprisingly is good at early game, but struggles with macro, which you wouldn't think because they're a team that stayed together for two years. Um, but, you know, metas change, you know, mm-hmm. picks change, things like that. You do have to relearn to a certain degree. Um, and right now, we struggle to trade objectives. Mm-hmm. So if a team's getting a dragon, we struggle to make a play on top side. We struggle to, oh, we, we can't take the Herald fight, but we're still kind of grouping up mid around it, mm-hmm. even though we're not going to fight. Stuff like that, where it's like they feel like that's the right play. But realistically, like, you know, leave your AD carry bot, let him get two plates. You know, you don't have to full rotate to your team to an objective you're not going to fight over. And I, I think that's just growing pains, mm-hmm. you know, and when you watch better teams do it, it's easier. 
because then you're like, oh, okay, this is what FlyQuest does. Mm -hmm. This is what, you know, EG does in the early game that we can do. Um, so, you know, I, I have faith that they'll fix it. I mean, that's all CLG fans have is faith. So. <laughs> CLG faith. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a shout out to the Challenger team. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. And yes, uh, EG similarly had those struggles early on. I I, I do believe um, in the past few years. So I'm, I'm excited. Like I said, I'm excited for the direction that it's going. So let's pan now to the Friday games. Uh, we no, you guys are ahead at the six PM slot against Immortals. Mm -hmm. um, fairly confident that you across all lanes, you guys should be better than them. Yeah, I think Revenge has had bright spots this year, mm -hmm. um, and I think he is good. But I think Dokla, you know, Dokla should be have an advantage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Dokla should be better. Um, but that's the trap, is that on paper, this looks like it should be a really good you know game for us, but we lost to Immortals the first time around. Mm. And that was kind of the beginning of my, oh no, we're, we're doing the CLG thing. <laughs> um, so I'm not going to say 100% we're favored, but at least right now, I mean, current form, I think we've looked a lot better. And our bot lane definitely has an advantage. Um, I think Luger and Poom have looked better every week. Mm-hmm. Um, the concern for me right now, and this is a matchup that it won't really be punishing, but Palafox, especially against Vicla last week, looked a little bit vulnerable. Hmm. Um, so I wonder if Immortals will look to attack that. As long as he doesn't pick Aurelia again. That was... Or Silas and Yone. Please don't. Oh, wait. Did he pick Silas against Vicla? Yes. Oh. And it was 25 minutes of Vicla shoving and roaming wherever he wanted. That... that... Fikla is a Silas. I won't say one trick, but his his main. You He's can't. very good. He definitely knows how to beat Silas in lane. <laughs> um, it was a it was a rough matchup. Mm. Um, but yeah, I uh, <laughs> I don't expect Immortals to quite punish us like FlyQuest did. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it, hopefully, will be a two zero week. Mm -hmm. I think uh, Immortals had those uh, moments, but from time to time, I just feel like they're not cohesive at all um that uh, i can see yeah. okay for listeners and clg fans if you are listening do not believe in clg and they will get the two a week just sorry guys so two week you just got to believe it's going to be oh two and then we can set the set the bar low and we'll always overachieve uh that's how it works that's that's exactly <laughs> how it works that's, that's what 10 years of clg fandom has taught me <laughs> it's that it's on brand right now for EG, we are headed against the surging Golden Guardians. I think this will be a much closer match than we anticipated at the beginning of the season, and it's exciting. It's two teams. EG, will they keep up the momentum, you know, beating C9, beating 100 Thieves, you know, uh, coming in with a uh, four-game winning streak and now get to face a team that has a five that had a five-game winning streak. We don't know what happens on Thursday, but assuming, you know, that both mm -hmm. are coming in with red hot streaks. I think even the first time around when we faced Golden Guardians, we almost gave that game away. Again, mid game falters, and they didn't even have Gory. So I'm con I'm a bit concerned. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to have this game circled on their calendar as their prove it game because they've beaten a lot of teams, but most of the teams were teams that are either middle of the standings or lower. And for Golden Guardians, this is their, like, if you BDG, people are going to notice. 
you know, that you're doing really well. And for EG, this is a good chance to be like, okay, they're a good team. Because, you know, if you guys beat Dig, no one's going to really mm-hmm. it's, expect know, it's it. Right? Uh, yeah, but it, but if you beat, you know, a surging Golden Guardians and kind of push back that, no, you know, we're on a little bit of a different tier than the other teams you've beat, that's, that's good for EG too. So I think both teams have a lot to prove this week as far as, you know, their current state of their team. Now, you have been a coach before, right? Mm-hmm. And how big of a boost does momentum make? Because we're talking about Thursday. If if Golden Guardians beat C9, they are not really high coming in with a lot more confidence. Yeah. Um, it, it's a double-edged sword, right? Mm-hmm. It Obviously, confidence is better because your players feel a little bit more confident in what they're doing. When a team's losing... It's it's hard to coach a losing team at times because you know if, if you're, you're you're drilling lessons into somebody and then they're not getting results, then they start to lose confidence in the things you're saying, mm-hmm. start to lose confidence in their teammates. But also, a team that's surging and overconfident can have kind of this, oh, I can I'm be a little bit looser with my play. You know, that's where having veteran players good, which I think Golden Guardians has a perfect thing. They've had a core that has lost together as a core enough to where now that they're surging, I don't think they'll get swept up in it. Mm. You know, that they're like, Hey, you know, we've been a team that hasn't made playoffs and stuff like that. And now that we're winning, we, you know, we'll keep that side in. This is, you know, probably their biggest week of the season as far as proving that they're a good team. Um, EG has veterans on it. Same thing. You know, Mm. if they're doing really well, they'll be fine. You know, someday's been there. Mm-hmm. Vulcan's been there. I actually akin to this split a lot to your nine and nine split where you won the title. Mm. Where I was like, you know, the games are ugly, but they're winning. But you see every player at times be like, that guy might be the best player in his position. You know, mm-hmm. where you're like, oh man, you know, Inspired is the best jungler. Or you're like, oh man, someday's sick. Or Vulcan's the best support. And, but the game's kind of ugly. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, oh, man, if this team gets it together. But, uh, Golden Guardians has a similar lesser feel where you're like, man, Gory's awesome. Yeah. Or you'll be like, wow, Stixa is still pretty good. Or River's really good. I gotta say, uh, those three, especially Stixa, who hasn't died in the last couple of games before. Did he die against Stigmatas? Mm-hmm. No, he did not die against Stigmatas. So, wait, Friday, they played Thieves, Stixa. Nope. Deathless. Wow. He's good. Um, and it shows for Huhi too, right? Mm-hmm. Like Huhi coming off 100 Thieves. He got a little bit of flack. And coming here and Golden Guardians doing well has been awesome. It's so good to see, especially because Huhi and Stixay, you know, are formerly of CLG. So I have a soft spot mm-hmm. in my heart. Yeah. Absolutely. So this is an exciting game. I can't say that we are winning with confidence, but on paper, we definitely uh, is understandable we're the favorite. Um, yeah. But I'm excited. I'm excited for this match. Should be. The match of the day, in my opinion, if not for Team Liquid Hunter Thieves, kind of seeing where these two teams are headed. Mm-hmm. We have a couple of minutes, so I do want to take a time to kind of touch on Team Liquid. Um, this is a team that came in with so much storyline, right? This is the full Korean team. They don't have, mm. they shouldn't have communication issues. They should bring in the LCK work ethic, and now they're they're almost like they're fighting for playoff contention at this point with a three and six record uh what is your sense of what's happening to this team um they're like for lack of a better term they're worse eg 
which is that they really do have a very good early game. But the second they get outside and they have to coordinate <clears throat> who's catching side lanes, you know, who's, you know, priority, who, you know, team fighting, setting up objectives, they just feel lost. And they do have rookies in very important positions, which I actually think Jan has looked really good. Mm-hmm. I think he's had a really good split so far. Harry has looked off and on. He looks like a rookie. He looks mm. like what I would expect a rookie to look like at LCS. Um, but the biggest question marks for me if just honestly like core Piotrzyk and Summit have, you would expect those to be voices that are kind of moving this team in the right direction, especially core. Mm-hmm. And it feels like there's just not direction for them. It's very hard for me to say what is their style? What is, you know, how does, how do they win games? What is the style of play they use? And for them, it just feels like game to game, you're like, oh my gosh, Liquid's the best team in the league. And then five minutes later, you're like, oh my gosh, Liquid's the worst team in the league. Uh, you you watch those games, you see them building up, even the last game against C9, I thought they had a great advantage and, and got to a good point. And then, damn, it's just something's off. And to point out core, it, it hurts me to say this, but it's true. I mean, even since last year, we saw a little bit of uh, backsliding. I just thought it was a chemistry issue, too many voices. Mm-hmm. Bjergsen was not a good fit together with core maybe but i didn't see a bounce back that i was hoping for this year it's a shame yeah and i mean they're a young team in two of their primary carry roles Mm -hmm. and i do have confidence they'll at least get a little bit better but i will say i think summit unfairly has gotten some of the blame (laughs) um he he definitely has not had a great split i won't say that but they've had issues everywhere Mm mm-hmm from different people game to game. I feel like, you know, this weekend was probably Summit's best weekend as far as, like, I didn't see... He didn't TP into five people <laughs> alone. And it, there were games where he made it... Like, the Scion game, you're like, okay, well, Summit creates a great advantage. Mm-hmm. You know, he's playing frontline. He does have the weird dragon fight. But also, at that same dragon fight, PO6 on the back of Dragon Pit, watching them fight. And you're like, what? what is the communication here? Like, what is what's happening? And those are the ones that you really... From the outside, it's hard to diagnose mm. because we don't hear their communication mm-hmm. and like who is calling these fights, who is you know the setup for it and things like that. Um, and I just you know I hope they can. I mean they they kind of have a first time. I don't know. Marin's coaching experience is not huge, mm-hmm. yeah. so you wonder you know like well do they have the right in place or is this just going to be growing pains for spring and this is going to be a summer team. You know, that may be the case. That's what I'm thinking at this point. Spring might be slipping out of their reach. It's not impossible. We're only starting the second half, but right. if there's, there's some coming together, they probably need that offseason to reevaluate because all we've heard or all I've heard throughout the offseason was how great they were in scrims, how people were like, uh, even pros were like saying, like, this is the team that did really well, but it's not yep. showing up. I would say it makes sense, though, because when you watch their gameplay, mm-hmm. they're super good early in the game. And scrims are super bloody and early game focused. So it makes sense now, in retrospect, to look at it and be like, oh, yeah, they, I bet they are a good scrim team because they smash lands and then teams are like, oh, okay, let's go to the next game. Mm. Wow. And very rarely do scrims drag out to 40, 45 minutes, you know, a mm-hmm. game. And now on stage, you know, everything slows down. People are less play safer. People play more macro style, and it's you know TL's like, wait a minute, 
you know, we don't have a 10 kill lead at 15 minutes. What do we do? Or some games they do and they still don't know what to do. But Oh, man, that's a good point. And you know what? Next time I have you around, I want to dive in a little bit about like scrims, the scrim preparation and, and all of that, because that's been a question of mine. Like, how do they go? I hear a little bit from Peter Dunn in the past. I've talked to him about, you know, mm-hmm. being an issue in LCS, but the, the mentality, the preparation for that, it seems a little bit different than what we um, from from the outsiders kind of look into. Like, how much do we put our uh, faith in scrim results or, right, you know what right, to see right. that uh awesome awesome well vega i am really happy to have you on and really can you let our listeners know where they can find you what do you guys uh, have upcoming uh and you know yeah how do you get in touch with you yeah um feel free to follow us on any socials on twitter where everything underscore lcs um <laughs> our podcast is everything lcs on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, pretty much all the major ones you guys can find us. Um, I'm at Vega on Twitter. Um, my co-host is at MagiMick. It's M-A-G-I-M-I-K on Twitter. Feel free to follow us. We post memes all week all week during the games. Um, we constantly share our dread when our teams lose and everything and banter with each other. Um, and yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, this has been a ton of fun. Absolutely. And Guys, you can find all of these, uh, the socials, the Spotify link in the show notes. This is uh, Live Evil Pod as well. We are continuing to bring you news and our eyes on both EGLCS and the NACL. I just need my co-host back for that part. Um, Thank you so much, Vega, for joining me. Until next time, folks, live evil.